Hello, I am Donna Freeman, the founder of Yoga in My School, and this is the Yoga in My School podcast. I appreciate you coming and having a listen. Thank you for your likes, your shares, your comments, and your ratings. It truly is a blessing as it helps others to find us. The purpose of the Yoga in My School podcast is to empower you to share yoga and mindfulness with youth. Through the archives and this episode in particular, I know that you will receive inspiration, knowledge, and tools to help you do so. We also are big fans of building community, and we love finding people who are doing amazing things in the kids' yoga community worldwide. So if you know of someone, or maybe you are someone, who are doing something incredible and you'd like to share it, feel free to reach out. You can email me, Donna, at yoganmyschool.com with ideas for upcoming episodes. Appreciate you listening. Have a wonderful day, and enjoy this episode. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Yoga in My School live radio show on Blog Talk Radio. My name is Donna Freeman. I'm the founder of Yoga in My School and the host of the show. We encourage you to visit Yoga in My School where you will find all types of tips and techniques on bringing yoga to children and youth. Today our show is entitled Movement and Adapted Yoga for Youth with Special Needs. And we have two fabulous guests joining us, but I want you to think about one thing before we begin, and that is if you could learn 12 basic movements that would improve your physical fitness, your social skills, and your self-control. How useful would that be to you and to children with special needs such as ADHD, autism, Down syndrome, hyperactivity, or emotional disturbances? To me, I think that is absolutely gold, and our guests today are going to share some of their research and the success that they've been having teaching yoga and adapted uh, adapted yoga for uh children with special needs. Before we get there, however, I want to let you know that October is giveaway month here at Yoga in My School, and we kicked it off already with a giveaway of some DVDs from Move With Me Action Adventures. And these DVDs are ideal for active indoor play for children aged 3 to 8. So if you're interested in getting your hands on one of those, if you're a homeschooling parent or a teacher or have children in those ages in your home, you'll definitely want a copy. All you have to do is visit Yoga in My School and you find the Move With Me Action Adventures post and leave a comment there. As well, you can get extra entries by um, sharing it on Facebook and Twitter and all those kind of fun social media things. Every week we will have a new giveaway, so visit us often and get in. I know we've got some jewelry and some yoga cards and all kinds of good stuff coming your way because uh, we've got some really amazing sponsors here. All right, let's get into our good Amazing, actually, incredible work that uh, both Stephanie Gottlob and Yuji Oka are doing at the Spiral Movement Center in Toronto. Stephanie and Yuji, hello. Stephanie and Yuji, are you there? Yes. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay. <laughs> Fabulous. 
So can you first tell us a little bit about uh, the Spiral Movement Center? Because that's where you're based, and, uh, and you do all kinds of amazing work there. Yes, um, uh, the Spiral Movement Center is a center that's devoted to um, working with uh, people from all walks of life. Um, Oh, we seem to be having a little bit of technical difficulty. Can you explain that again, Yuji? Oh, the joy of a live broadcast. So hopefully there won't be uh, they'll be able to join us again. Hello? Hi. Hi. It keeps cutting out, so uh, I'm not too sure what's going on. We'll, we'll get you to explain that again. Yes. Sorry. Um, the Spiral Movement Center is a, a, a contemporary body-mind studio. Uh, what we work with uh, people from all walks of life, uh, from uh, special needs kids all the way up to adults. And basically the theme here that we have uh, is uh, body-mind re-education. What we're really looking for is uh, we're looking for people, people come into the studio because they're looking to, uh, uh, to change their lives in different ways. Uh, with special needs kids, um, uh, that population is very, very uh, important to us because that's uh, where we started our work, and uh, that's where we found the most, uh, originally found the most fascinating cases of, of how people, uh, where people can be in their lives, um, how they're coping, and how, they're, uh, how they can have uh, special gifts. Lovely. Now, both you and Stephanie have a, a background in dance. Yes. yes. So how did you meet? Um, we met at Ohio State University. Um, UG was coming off a physics degree from Cornell, and I was transferring from a liberal arts college. I wanted to go into dance, and we both met at the dance department, and from there we just started working intensely together. Mm-hmm. So uh, you're dancers in Ohio, and now you're teaching adaptive yoga and mind-body skills in Toronto. How does that work? <laughs> um, what, well, the way we met the, um, and started working with the special needs is we were um, we had a dance company in Cleveland. We were rehearsing in the top of an abandoned church, and a school for kids with emotional disturbances moved into that school and was renovating it. And at the same time, a grant became available in Cleveland to put artists in public schools. So all of these three things came together, very lucky that this happened, and so we started at that time to work with the kids with special needs. Fabulous. It, it, it was very much luck. Yeah, just good timing, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, you got to love when you're in the right place at the right time with the right skill set. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. So you describe your work as an holistic somatic approach. Yes. And th that's not really English for a lot of people, so can you explain what that means? Yes. Um, well, uh, since the you know uh, early 70s, late 60s, uh, that's uh, when the somatic uh, movement uh, started. And the somatic movement was um, starting to um, deal with uh, traditional fields like uh, psychology or education or uh, and some activities like yoga and meditation, and rather than working um, through externally oriented kinds of measures, uh, to do the process of learning from within. So using the body, using your own perceptions, your own feelings to to educate yourself, self-educate yourself. 
So we call ourselves somatic because of the fact that we have the kids come in and we want them to work through the vehicle of their bodies. Their learning is not happening through words or, or lessons, but rather through um, how they feel and how they move their own bodies. Um, and the holistic part is that uh, just the understanding that that vehicle of your body can extend out to many different areas of your life. Uh, for kids, it's their world. So when you have a kid coming in who has certain uh, developmental problems or has a problem in society, the body can give them their door to many, many different aspects, to interaction with other kids, to getting to know themselves better, uh, to getting more confidence, to knowing how to orient in space, all, all sorts of different kinds of skills that are kind of sometimes overlooked. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how does this differ from other types of uh, therapies that are offered to children? Uh, well, you know, uh, when we first started uh, with the um, our program at the uh, Positive Education Program, uh, that's in Cleveland, Ohio, um, we we found that uh, even though it, the special needs field was developed highly developed in certain ways, for example, the uh, parenting skills or uh, uh, showing kids how to go through a routine in school. Um, it didn't necessarily have a very strong motor component. I mean, the kids were just put in a playground to have free time, or they were put in a gym, or they had mm-hmm. specialized OT services. But they didn't really have uh, something that was integrated in the curriculum so that they could learn through movement and through uh, uh, their bodies. So uh, that's very much um, what we try to do. It's what we're trying to do is we're trying to use the body, again, to... Uh, as, ju- as just one of the central keys for uh, a child when they're in school to learn about themselves and to progress. Also, with this work, we um, ha- it's built developmentally from fall, winter, and spring. The child, we look just at their body, moving it in different ways in the fall. In the spring, we do space and sequencing, um, learning how to, you know, orient themselves in space, move together with another child. They'll be holding hands or rolling over each other. And then in the spring, we get creative. So they're getting, becoming more expressive. They're doing more improvisational games together in the hopes at the end that they will become a creative person. Hmm. It sounds really quite interesting that you're taking the, the basis of the movement and yet they're developing these social skills and tapping into their creativity and, you know, like you say, it truly is a holistic practice. That's right, that's right. Uh, kids love to move. That's uh, that's where we start. Now, you do, I've, I've watched all the little video clips on your website at, uh, at Movement, and uh, it's really very fascinating because you do quite different things with the children. Uh, can you explain a little bit about the what you term as the core physical vocabulary of 12 basic movements. Um, yes. I think I am intrigued completely by this concept. Well, um, you know, uh, like any re- re-education process, what we're really doing is, is very simple but and very fundamental, but sometimes overlooked. Um, when a kid goes through, uh, uh, as they're growing up, the first year of life, what they basically do is they start lying down. In certain equilibrium positions, they're lying down. Then they learn how to sit, and they learn how to stand up. Um, 
but each of these stages of of, of of physical orientation entail a whole class of locomotive um, uh, exploration. So when you're lying down, you're rolling, you're, you're exploring your torso coordination. As you sit up, you start going into crawling. That's when kids are getting very curious. They go around everywhere. And when they're standing, they have this much, they have to learn how to balance their bodies. And again, there's certain coordinations that they have to learn in order to uh, master uh, that stage of, of, of being. So um, what this 12 um, core group of, of, of movements uh, entail are just simply movements that are associated with each of those stages. And we're just revisiting them and, and exploring them, letting the kids learn. So when we would explore, for instance, rolling, you can roll sideways, forwards, backwards. You would roll over a friend. You can roll holding hands with friends. You can roll very fast. You can roll very slowly. If we're jumping, you can jump very loudly. You can jump very quietly. So we're exploring. There's a core vocabulary, and we learn them, teach them, experience them through many different avenues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I saw a lot of um, of work that it's almost as if the kids, you know, they're now walking, and because these are older older kids and youth that you're often working with, and they haven't just mastered some of these basics, and so it's nice to go back and play with them and gain yes. increased skill. Yes, it, you know the, the the core movements are very very important, but again, what's really the the meat, the content of the work is the process by which they explore these movements and 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 regain certain milestones that they may not have they may have missed, and uh, that's what we find is most um, enjoyable and also the most magical part of this work is when the kid you see that the kid starts to hook in with the material and they start to actually feel very, very confident uh, because they're hooking in something very natural in themselves. Mm-hmm. Can you give us an example of a child that you've worked with and and kind of walk us through their progression? Um, yes, there was one child, one of the first children um, that we worked with. He was a um, more severe um, situation with him. And basically he was completely disruptive in the classroom, spitting, he would be aggressive. And so I would take him one-on-one up into the gym. We had a private area there. And we begin to work together. And um, it's just the very first connections you make with a child. Um, This is the beginning of the activity. This is the end of the activity. Um, We're going to use our body, so I would go with him underneath the benches to crawl, or we would hold hands to jump. At first, I could. At first, he would only let me touch him in a sleeping bag. So he'd go wrap himself up in the sleeping bag, and Mm -hmm. from there, I could start to interact with him. Slowly, he would come out of the sleeping bag, and then we'd be able to hold hands and do things together. So. With him, it was he was getting used to me, he was getting used to touch, he was getting used to trust, and then slowly learning each of the movements. Yes. Uh, one of the interesting things is that when we were starting, we were given uh, the most severe cases at the school, because, uh, uh, and we were taking them up in small groups. And, uh, again, a lot of times the teachers found these children in certain ways very, very difficult to reach, and we found that movement it was again something that was lacking um, in the classroom there's a lot of instruction it's mainly verbal 
Um, it's symbolic through icon, uh, you know, with icons. Uh, but mm-hmm. we found that they could respond very, very well. Even if they're in a very severe situation, they could respond very well to just very direct contact, physical contact, uh, physical manipulation. It's a very physical work that we do, very involved, um, where we connect that way. Another child we had, uh, he was aggressive. He was supposed to be um, very, uh, you know, tactically defensive. And we just found, we just started with him laying on the ground, and we would just take a cotton ball and run it over his face. And he was completely so into that that he would completely relax. And then from there, we could start doing movement. Hmm. So it sounds when you're starting with them that you're doing a lot of exploration is what's going to work with this individual. Yes, yes, very much so, very much so. With kids with special needs, um, they, uh, a lot of times, um, they, they, you know, we focus on the difficulties they have in classroom and, and how they have difficulties coping. But a lot of times what they have also is a very highly developed uh, gift some sensitivity to uh, themselves or to their own. They may be very emotionally very receptive or they may be physically very receptive. They, um, and it, when you connect with their strengths, um, it's, it's a whole different game. It's, it's not something that you struggle through, but you actually um, go with their flow. You, you start to understand who they are, and they start to trust you because they see that you understand uh, how they understand. So it's very much about hooking in. It's not necessarily a struggle. Sometimes it can just go. It's very, very. Um, it's just like anybody. As you, when you hook into them, you, there's a there's a flow that develops. Oh, and what a gift for their self confidence that you're you're building from their strengths. Yes, yes. Again, it, their strengths are so often ignored. Uh, uh, you know, they the kids that came to our school were just because. Uh, they couldn't cope. They were referred from public schools because they couldn't cope with their um, LD programs. So these were very, very severe kids, and 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 for them, um, uh, and 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 it's really the same for us as dancers. Um, the connection of the body can be so strong uh, and so uh, powerful, um, and that's how they, uh, um, you know, that again at, at the very beginning when we came there. Um, a lot of people were surprised at, 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 at the kinds of children we could reach uh, just through very simple means. Mm-hmm. So you take these 12 basic movements, and, of course, they help the children physically. They gain greater coordination and balance and strength. But it, from your work, it, they also help you socially and emotionally. Can you delve into those areas a little bit? Um, yes, when <clears throat> when they're in the classroom and um, we're going to do a movement activity, they will learn to do these together. So, for instance, if we're doing a dog crawl down the mat, another friend will sit on the dog and the two of them sharing weight will go down the mat t- together. If we're doing space and sequencing and they have to jump a line of blocks, there will be another line of blocks spatially on the other side of the room, and the two children have to synchronize their movements at the exact same time. Um, So these are the kinds of things where they're sharing weight, they're holding hands, they're synchronizing their movements, where they have to work together, not just to do the skill, but emotionally and physically they're working with each other. Yes. Also, at the end of class, we do um, uh, what we call body songs, uh, which are massage techniques that we use 
uh, in conjunction with stories and songs to help the children relax. And, um, you know, again, we're not looking for, we're, we're trying to work with the body in terms of increasing it, uh, the child's awareness of all their body parts. But more importantly, I think, is the emotional component of creating a bond uh, that's not based, that's based on a whole sense of a, a dialogue or communication through touch. So rather than, um, again, telling a, a child what to do or just, just compliment them verbally, they can experience very clearly your, your appreciation uh, through the, the textures and the way you use your hands. Uh, it's, it's, it's very hard to describe those types of connections, but they're just as important as, you know, the motor, the gross motor components <clears throat> of Oh, for sure. Um, and especially in today's day and age where, for you know, it, it isn't common for uh, teachers and leaders, uh, youth leaders, to, to touch children. And that yes, is. yes. You know, actually, we, we had quite a bit of, of struggle at first because, you know, uh, just um, having uh, getting enough gym space to do the motor activities was part of the struggle we initially had to do to get our programs into uh, place. But also um, the touching issue was at, at first, you know, a, a bit controversial, and, 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 and we had to work through. Uh, it's something that we're not used to doing, but with special needs kids, it's really a part of their therapy or intervention that makes sense, and it works. It's very, very powerful. Mm-hmm. It really helps them, you know, socio-preceptors in their mind to figure out, okay, this is my knee, and that's what it feels like when it's touched. <laughs> yes. Um yeah, that body awareness is key. Yes. So what are some of the other challenges that you faced as you've worked with youth with special needs? Uh, well, every child brings in, you know, their their story and, and their um, particular difficulties and their particular strengths. So, um, and sometimes it's harder and sometimes it's... Uh, easier to reach those. Uh, we had one girl that also we started working with um, um, whose name was Jessica. Um, uh, she was someone who wouldn't talk for two years inside a public school. She was selectively mute. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, these um, she represented another extreme case where it was very, very difficult for us to make contact, um, find the right door for her to start to open up. And the kinds of signs that you see with a kid who may not be opening up. For example, she was very, very recalcitrant. She, her knees would lock. She wouldn't want to move. Her body had a certain rigidity. And through softening up her body, through having her partner with people, slowly starting to get her to do movements, um, her mind, it seemed to also erase resistances in her mind. So there is a very strong body-mind connection that happens when you can slowly bring a child. It's a process again. It doesn't happen overnight, but what happens is as the child feels freer to express themselves, to move with other kids, to move by themselves, they feel freer to also mentally to maybe overcome some other inhibitions they may have. Yeah, that sounds very powerful as you as you can connect with those children. Um and you talked a little bit about some of the administrative issues uh, and, and uh, you know, hurdles. Um, do you find that the hurdles are more with uh, getting the program 
to kids in schools or is it convincing the parents that these would be good things or is it actually working with the individual? Yes. Well, you know, it's always a situation. Um, the parents, for the kids, it's easy. The kids, they just accept whatever is healthy for them. I think they accept that kids have an instinct for what they need. Um, with parents also, uh, it's never been a problem because uh, parents are very happy to see their kids progress. It really has to do more with, um, you know, a certain stigma. I mean, you know, our age is, uh, is uh, everyone is getting more aware of these issues. I mean, adults are, more and more people are taking yoga. More and more people are starting to go into alternative therapies. Um, they're starting to understand that all the structures that exist um, uh, now um, don't necessarily allow certain things to be, um, for example, uh, with a touching issue, uh, there was a whole uh, uh, issue of, uh, you know, of, of, of possible sexual abuse. Or these were the types of situations that were happening. But, again, we're talking about something that's very, very natural. It's, not, uh, it's just uh, touch. Animals do it. Uh, you know, they, every animal, a uh, cat, massages their, kitten, uh, their kittens. A- every animal goes through this process of bonding through touch. And, and and we just had to convince people that uh, that what we do is very very safe and it's it's very very beneficial for the children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to. Sometimes I find that it's often just showing. This is what I'm doing, and yes. and the benefits are so tremendous from from what we're doing. And once they see that, they're like, oh, okay, we're good here. Um. Now, what are some of the benefits of adaptive yoga for youth with special needs? Like, you know, we've talked a little bit about it, but can you go into, you know, if you've got a child with ADHD or autism, how how can this type of program benefit them? Um, I think with the yoga program, the yoga is very simple, and there's um, external how the body is in the shape, and there's also the internal of how it feels on the inside. And one interesting thing, we worked with um, one girl who had Down syndrome, and she was one of the first people to take um, our adapted yoga program. And she wasn't just coming in, you know, like after school activity and leaving. Her mom would say she was ready a half hour early to come to class. She would do all the poses. She'd practice them at home. Um, We would learn the bones and muscles that go with the poses, and she was practicing this at home. So it was interesting. We found it wasn't just I like to do the yoga and then leave. the, The teens and young adults were really investing themselves in the yoga. They were practicing and we found that they really wanted to master these skills. They wanted to progress. They wanted to get better at something. And so the yoga was a really great, simple, and observable vehicle for the um, teens and young adults. That's neat. I, I know also a lot of people say, well, the kids, you know, how do they react to yoga? I said they love it because it's something that is so prevalent in society. They see the adults doing it, moms and dads and and that type of thing, and I think that that would also be a huge thing, especially for the youth. Yes, it was actually interesting with with this girl. She actually got her mom into yoga, and then her dad started taking yoga. So she was the one who actually instigated her whole family getting into yoga. Fabulous. So they're becoming ambassadors themselves. Yes. (laughs) 
Yeah, uh, I think um, this whole thing with yoga again is is just um, with the um, special needs population. Uh, again, with the, these children that we work with, um, um, every, everything usually pat is, is about coping inside of society, and and their later education is based more on practical things like you know job on, on maybe job training or how to um, uh, uh, how to deal in social situations, but. Um, you know, they they do yoga for the same reasons that um, everybody does yoga. Is that they see something in which they can really get into, that they can find some progress in and some self fulfillment. And so it's really the same. We we really um, get our students to progress. I mean, we 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 really ask them to try their best. And uh, for example, our, in our last session quarter, uh, they were doing 60, 70 poses at the end in a row. They really love it. Wow. It was a, it's a bunch of, uh, we do a lot of sequences. Sometimes we make them up. Sometimes we do the, the standard sequences. And, uh, yeah, they, they can do 60, 70, and they would do that several times. I mean, it's, it's amazing how, how much they can uh, really get into it. That's amazing. That's great to see that kind of progress. And you often end your series with performances. Yes. <laughs> Can yes, you tell um, us a little bit about kind of the how those start and and I, anyway explain the performance aspect of your program? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You know, you know, it's we really want the kids to flower and 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 to reach um, a, a point of creativity where they, you know, creativity is something that you need a base of self confidence of. You need to really know what you're doing and feel like you love it and that you want to show other people. And uh, it's very natural that uh, the kids, after having spent a year of, of moving, um, would want to show um, other people what they've done. So we, we used to do a lot of big performances in front of schools or in front of parents or even sometimes in public and with music, with costumes. Um, but the most important thing is that the kids were just doing the skills they had taken time to do every day. It's not you know some kind of big theatrical to do, but really just showing the base skills that they learn, putting them into sequences, uh, putting them in such a way that it would be a, you know, a fairly complex dance. And um, mm. what we found that these special needs kids, they don't have a problem with that. I mean, they would go through rehearsal. We're talking about an audience of sometimes like 100, 200 people. And uh, in a, even the autistic kids or people who would tend to shut down, in these situations, you would see them come alive. They would really want to show what they've done. Fabulous. Well, thank you so much for your amazing work, for bringing uh, somatic holistic training to so many individuals, and especially for your Yes, thank you so much for having us. Yes, thank you for having us. Well, and best of luck with all that you do. Uh, if you're looking for more information on on what Stephanie and Yuji do, please visit themovementforkidswithspecialneeds.org or you can find them on Facebook under the Spiral Movement Center. And uh, I definitely encourage you to go check out their work because it truly is amazing and there's all kinds of documentaries that, that show the progress of these kids. Thank you. My name is Donna Freeman, and this has been Movement and Adapted Yoga for Youth with Special Needs. I hope you've enjoyed our 
our broadcast today, and we also want to let you know that the second section in our series of training webinars will be beginning on October 25th. It'll be broadcast on October 25th, Tuesday evening, um, 9 Eastern Time, 6 Pacific Time. And the title for this next webinar is Yoga for Literacy, Once Upon a Pose, The What, Why, and How of Story-Based Yoga. So I know there's been a huge demand uh, for this Yoga for Literacy training. I anticipate having lots of uh, participants in the webinar, and it will be uh, a one-of-a-kind event. So I hope to be able to share that training with you and uh, and look forward to interacting with you at that point. Have a wonderful day. Namaste.